Good day and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Nick Austin filling in for Stephen Henderson. One of the most momentous decisions anyone can make in their life is whether to have children. That's because once you have children, everything about your life changes. For many, it can be very nerve-wracking, being responsible for the life of a new little person, guiding them through the early years of their life, learning about this world for the first time, and relying on your guidance to make it. It can be difficult to describe that experience to those who aren't parents. But the question of whether to be a parent, let alone how to parent, has become a bit more controversial these days. There are a lot of younger people reporting that they don't want to be a parent. They say they don't want to bring a child into the world to experience such issues that we deal with, life-destroying weather events due to climate change, the difficulties that we have in the political climate, or they just don't have the financial or social support to really give a child what they think that child needs, or they just don't want the responsibility. They don't feel like they have the ability in this moment to be there for a new person. Of course, this isn't everyone's perspective, and in fact, many people are deciding to have kids, or maybe even having them accidentally, but it's happening every day. And some of those newer parents are a bit older, as in 40 or even age 50. And one of those people we have with us right now, Peter Sagal. Peter Sagal is the host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR, the author of two books, including The Incomplete Book of Running and The Book of Vice. He also recently wrote a piece in The Atlantic titled What Older Dads Know, and he's here now to talk about what it's like to be a parent at an older age, what kinds of challenges parenting brings in general, why some people don't decide to have kids at all, but most importantly, what he knows and what he's learned as an older dad to impart that wisdom on you. Peter Sagal, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, Thank you so much. I'm sitting here laughing at your intonation when you said some people have have children even over the age of 40. I know. Yes, yes that's true. My God. <laughs> well, How did I, they get out of their wheelchairs to change diapers? That's actually, I'm glad you asked that, Peter, because that was my first question for you, because it seemed like it would be a little bit different after a hip replacement. No, let's be really yeah. serious here. <laughs> Peter, one of the things I wanted to know, you wrote a piece for The Atlantic called What Older Dads Know. Uh, why did you feel inspired in this moment to write the piece before we even get into the wisdom in it? Well, because I've been thinking about it a lot, um, in a weird way, and I should explain my situation, I was married before, I had three children who are now adults, and then I, after my former marriage ended, I eventually remarried very happily, and my wife, who is younger, uh, wanted to have children, so that's what we've done. We have two little boys, one who was just born five weeks ago, which is why people haven't heard me on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And uh, in my situation, I'm 58 now, it's, it's... I think all the time about my odd situation, having raised children successfully or not, and now being given another chance. I, I sometimes feel like one of those characters in those um, I don't know, sliding doors movies where you get to go back, like some angel appears and yeah. gives you some device that lets you to go back and relive your earlier life and make different choices. And, and it's, it's just so present in my mind that when The Atlantic asked me what I'd like to write about uh, next after doing an article for them last year, that was top of mind. Um, I feel so much, uh, in a weird way, wiser now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like, or, or, you know, here's another analogy. When you play a video game. Yes. And, you know, you get killed, right? Yeah. Because you, know, you, you don't know the, the monsters behind the door over to the right. 
and then you get to restart the level and now you know the monster is over on the right that's right and so you slip by the monster or get the drop on it that, that I, I also feel like that sometimes like i i've 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 been through this level and gotten killed a whole <laughs> bunch of times so hopefully this time i can at least make it to the boss yeah you know it is video game uh knowledge from peter sagel i do appreciate there that are, also everybody. but i want to get into some of the wisdom that you do have in the piece because honestly for me as someone who doesn't have kids i did read it and i thought you know this would be interesting if and when I get to that time, what's some of the wisdom? What are some of the things that you've learned now being an older dad that help you beat that boss? There are so, there are so many things. And, and one of the things I tried to do was I tried to, to, to summarize them. And there are sort of two opposing ideas that sum it all up. The first idea is nothing matters. Mm. There, there's so much that is thrown at a, at a first-time parent, people often in their 20s or 30s. And a lot of it is commercially driven. The baby industrial complex, you know, wants to, you know, just cover you with and sell you all kinds of advice and books and devices and stuff. And and there's this presumption that every decision you make as a parent will affect your child profoundly. How well it sleeps, how well it does in school, you know, the baby Mozart thing, or you got to show black and white pictures, or you got to buy this, or you got to buy that, or you got to watch it. None of that matters. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't have any effect. And so stop worrying, you know, everybody, I, and I, I, I know I expose myself, don't read what to expect when you're expecting, just, just, it'll be fine, really. And then the other bit of advice that I have is, ironically, everything matters, uh, in that you do have to be present. Uh, you are the entirety, you and, and your partner, whoever you're raising your child with or partners, you are the entirety of that child's world. And so you need to take it seriously. It's not something you just acquire and takes care of itself, obviously. And so the summary of my advice, and I can get into more of it, is, is to be present and be cool, I think. My, my, I Because mean, when I, again, I can go on about this and you'll need to stop me so we can get back to you know the business of the radio station. I, I think about all the things I worried about, all the things I obsessed about my first time through parenting, which now dates 25 years ago. And none of it was important. All the things I worry about happening never happened. The things that did happen, I never knew were coming. And I would have been so much better off just being present in the moment than worrying about whether this will affect my child's future later or whether that was the appropriate thing or which program or whatever. Um, just be there now and relax. We're speaking with Peter Sagal, the host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, who recently wrote the piece in The Atlantic about what older dads know. And Peter, one of the things that I when I hear that, I think about the scenario where you have people. I think the instinct people don't want to be someone who says, oh, nothing matters. So then they just kind of throw their kids out there because you also mentioned you have to have the being present point in it. And what, yeah. yeah. And, and so parsing out what that means for different people in different moments can be interesting because there are definitely some parents out there who have said, oh, well, great. I can go party or do whatever the heck I want. This kid will be fine. So do you have any advice on how you find that little median point to make sure you are present, but uh, not in an overbearing uh, way? Well, I think it's you know one of the things I've learned as I've gotten older, because a lot of this and I should say has to do with both the privileged burdens uh, and benefits of age. Um, the first time I had uh, a children, I was in my early 30s. I was pursuing my career. I had a lot of other priorities. 
um, socially and professionally. That's less true now. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 60. I'm not worrying about being discovered anymore. <laughs> um, but one of the advantages of age is you can look back in your life and learn some lessons. And one of the things I have learned is the value of the perspective of looking back. One of the things I've learned to do is I need to make a decision about how to handle any kind of situation is how am I going to feel about this later? Am I going to look back on this moment? What am I going to want to have done? Mm-hmm. If you can follow my reasoning here, do I want to look back in this moment, say a conflict with a coworker? Yeah. Do I want to look back in this moment yeah. a week, a month from now and say, did I handle it well? Was I calm? Was I cool? Did I get to a resolution or did I blow my top or whatever? That can apply to parenting really easily. When you look back, on your child's young days, be it an infant, five, 10 years old, what do you want to be able to tell yourself that you did? What do you want to be able to tell yourself about the choices you made? And chances are you're going to look back and want to have been there, want to have been present, want to have been attentive, want to have been more than anything loving and supportive and kind. And you probably won't look back and say, you know what? I wish I had gone to that party instead. Yeah. Uh, and I find, I find that perspective more than anything to be the most useful, to, to know that, you know, time goes on. You're not, I mean, as much as I say you need to be in the present, you'll be looking back on the present from the future. And think about your choices from that perspective. I find that very helpful. That is very helpful. And it's really interesting, I think, that you bring that up, because one of the things that I really appreciated you sharing in the piece was how uh, in in prior moments you had relied on the default of, okay, what would my parents have done in that moment? And maybe relied on that as guidance a little bit more than you think you should have. Uh, How were you able to get out of that habit? I mean, what was that experience like and what advice would you have for folks who are thinking the same way? Go ahead. First of all, everybody I know, or at least most people I know, maybe it's my, my, my social circle, uh, have certain complaints about their parents. Oh, you wouldn't believe what my parents did, or you wouldn't believe, I, I'm, I'm never going to be like my dad or my mom because they did X or Y. And one of the things that happens is when you become a parent, nobody gives you a manual, right? They don't give you a, like, you know, an owner's manual with the baby at the hospital. So you end up relying on the model of your own parents, good or bad. Yeah. As I say in the... Um, in, in the ed- article, most people have that model. They're either going to rebel against it or replicate it. And at least my experience, you end up replicating it more than you think you will because it's all you got. And I have absolutely nothing but sympathy. We're all trying to get along in this world and we use the lessons we have. I have this amazing advantage. I can use my own model. I can remember what, what I was like as a father the first time around and react to that. And that's a lot more useful when you're talking about yourself, you know, again, to invoke the video game model, this isn't the first time I've been through this level. And I'm not sure I will su- succeed, but I think I'll get a little farther if I'm a farther father, huh, pun, <laughs> if I remember my mistakes the first time through. Um, go ahead. Go on, please. No, well, we're speaking with Peter Sagal. I wanted to congratulate you, by the way, because I forgot to, on having the five-month-old sitting at home. uh, And still, if I hear any crying in the background and you have to run for a minute, I understand. We'll stall for you here. I just want to give many props. The reason I'm here is my wife, Mara Sagal, who, as everybody knows, with mothers of young children, does 90% of the work. Uh, She got up a little early, uh, normally during a time where I'm looking after the kids so she could... uh, Watch, watch them while I talk to the good people of Detroit. So All right. everybody give her a round of applause. Well, are we, 
we will do that. Thank and you. Thank, thank you, you to Amara Sagal as well. And thank you to out there listening. As you know, we are going through the spring fundraiser. So right now, if you do give us a call, you can join the show by calling uh, 313, uh, or you can call 313-577-1019 and let us know what your suggestions are for parenting. If you have any questions of Peter Sagal about parenting, what it's like to be a parent, tell us your experiences as a parent. But Peter, I wanted to move yes. on and ask you as we loop you back into the conversation here that uh, a lot of things that people have talked about are maybe co-parenting, right? Like having larger groups to help bring these children into the world. What do you think about that? Is that's not something that uh, I I think, I think it's awesome. I think I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I quote that uh, remarkable sage of our times, Hillary Clinton, who takes the village. Uh, I am talking to you from a northern suburb of Chicago where we moved to, my wife and I, and at that point just our young son, now we have two, uh, specifically so we could be near uh, my wife's family. My family is further away. And uh, if that is available to you, um, and I know it isn't for everybody, it, it is a blessing. There, there's a, a weird expectation with this focus on parenting that you got to do it all yourself, that you're the alpha and the omega, you and your partner are partners, you're the ones who've got to do everything. That's impossible. Yeah. And, and having help is a wonderful thing. Uh, Dan Savage uh, talked about his, uh, up, his growing up in Chicago around the same time I grew up in suburban New Jersey. And he talked once about the fact that all of his relatives lived more or less in the same block in Chicago. And what an incredible blessing that was, not just for his parents, but for him, because they could go down the street and see their uncle or play with their cousins or their grandparents. Right. And he then blamed suburban sprawl for ending that. No, it can also work in the suburbs. But I do think that having family nearby, and if you don't have natural family for whatever reason, creating, a, for lack of a, no, I think the term is a, a family of choice, is a wonderful thing for people who can do it. Uh, it's tough and to raise a child, and you need a break, and you need help. Uh, if one child is sick, you need to take the other to the doctor, your partner's at work because you need the income, well, there's nothing better than having an aunt or uncle or close friend nearby that you can help out. So that that's a no-brainer, and we're very fortunate to have that. Yeah, well, I get by with a little help from my friends, and right now one of the friends helping me out is Fred and Milford. Fred, go ahead. You're on Detroit Today. Hey, how's everybody doing today? Okay, doing well. Go I'm ahead. great, man. I'm good. Uh, I really, I uh, didn't catch all of what your uh, guest said, but I really enjoyed his conversation. And he's so right about uh, the choices you make now, or the choices you hope in the future you live with. I had a child when I was 26 years old in the first marriage, and that child's now 53. Then I had two children in my late 50s, early 60s. One is now 22 and the other is 20. So I span the, the decades of the generations, if you will. And I think the most difficult thing about being a parent, and I was a single parent for the two uh, uh, daughters, the most difficult thing, because they'll remember the love, the kindness, and the support you gave, which is absolutely necessary. But you got to teach them how to survive. you got to be strong enough like my Irish mother was to say, Life is not a bowl of cherries, kid. I'm your parent, but I want to make sure when you fly out of this nest, you got strong wings because you're going to be on your own. I'm not going to be there for your whole uh, life. So I think that combination is the most difficult, challenging thing there is for a parent. When do you put the hammer down, and when do you give them the love and the kindness and the understanding? 
Yeah, it's a, it can be a balancing act there, Fred and Milford. Thank you for the point. I leave that to you, Peter. Uh, what response do you have to uh, Fred's take? There? You, you know that, that that's a that's a that's such a fraud issue. I would have loved to ask Fred. Uh, He's still here. Go ahead. Oh, Fred, are you still here? I'm going to ask you a question. I'm there. I'm there. Uh, Your 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 time frame is is a little bit like mine. I had my first child when I was 32, but nonetheless, then again, two children in my late 50s. So, did you find the experience the second time around different in 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 any way or the ways I'm talking about? Oh uh, yeah, I mean, what you knew and how you approached it. Oh, absolutely, I did. And you know, the first uh, time around, I'm I'm a trial lawyer for 45 years, retired now, so I'm running from courthouse to courthouse, saving everybody else except my own child. And then yeah. when I later in life, you know, I'm doing what I want to do, picking and choosing the cases I want, and I'm writing. But there's always time for okay, kids, let's go to school with your father. Here's what life is about. Let's have a conversation. I'll listen. You tell me, and then I'll tell you. Totally different experience just because of the maturity, because less pressure, less stress. You're not going out there to show the world, look, I'm a star. I'm successful. Look at me. I can make it. That's all gone. You see the values of life much differently as you age, and I agree with you 100%. Look back over your shoulder. You really gain so much knowledge. People say, oh, don't live in the past. Hell with that. Look over your shoulder and see what you've done right, what you've done wrong. And with that experience raising those kids the second time as an older person, you give them more. You actually give them more than you gave the first, the earlier uh, years. You know, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think to, to a certain extent, you know, Fred and I have the same situation. As I said, we're, we're not young men anymore trying to make our way in the world thinking we got to spend every day advancing. But at the same time, I think there's a lesson for those people who are. Because I look, Fred, I don't know about you, uh, but I look back at those days when I was doing the same thing, different business, trying to make my way, trying to show the world that I had was going to, I was a gift to it. And I, I find myself really regretting a lot of the choices I made. Uh, in terms of thinking, well, it's more important for me to be hanging out with this person or to make this trip or to make this connection. And meanwhile, my, my kids were at home without me. And, and I do regret that. And, I, and I, I'm trying to do better this time. Well, Peter, I do think that you are a star for us here on Detroit Today and NPR. So I will tell you that. But it does have make me have a question as I want to say thanks again to Fred and Milford for joining us on Detroit Today. I do have a question to follow up about that. And uh, what we'll do then is, as we get more calls here on the line, and I'm speaking with Peter Sagal on Detroit Today, Peter Sagal, the host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and author of the recent piece in the Atlantic, What Older Dads Know, we're going to get into his perspective on how things have changed for parenting uh, from now and uh, the current times to his experiences in the past. And we're also going to get into your calls, 313-577-1019. Again, 313-577-1019. We will return with more Detroit Today day in just a moment.
It's Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET, where I'm Nick Austin, filling in for Stephen Henderson, speaking with Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me host Peter Sagal, who recently wrote the piece, What Older Dads Know for The Atlantic, talking about the wisdom he's gained and his uh, experiences, the challenges and the benefits, the, the knowledge he's gained in raising kids. Interesting conversation, but Peter, one of the places that we left off was uh, talking about how you would do things a little bit differently uh, or how you've learned from what you did in the past, be more present in the moment, not so much worried about getting out there and uh, uh, becoming a star in the world. But one of the pushbacks that I have, especially as someone a bit younger, is that uh, I think it for some of us, we can feel like it might be easier to say that when you are more settled in your position. Oh, you have oh without question. I totally cop to that. You're right. No argument. It is absolutely a privilege of my age and you know, the fact that I don't need to be out there scrambling for the next dollar, and I'm very fortunate in that, that allows me to do that. That's that's really true. And I, I, I need to say that and, and re-say that to especially anybody who's out there who doesn't have that good fortune and they really need to be out in the world. Otherwise, they won't be able to bring anything home to feed said children. I completely get that. And interestingly enough, when I wrote that, I, got, I heard from my father, who's still with us, uh, vibrant and healthy. And he said, you know, I think you're being too hard on yourself because I did the same thing. You know, when I was, when you were growing up, I was out, he was pursuing his career. He had a successful career as a corporate executive and he was gone a lot. And he said, you know, it's fine. You have to do that when you're a younger man, uh, especially back, of course, in those days when a single family, uh, a rather single income households were more more common. Um and, and I totally get that. And, and if you have to do that, if, if, if you're like Fred, a lawyer, and lawyers work long hours, or if you have to work two jobs just to bring in your basic rent, that's, I'm not judging anyone. And yet I think for anyone, uh, there's also a, an optional range, yeah. if you will, be it, be it wide or, or narrow, things that you don't necessarily have to do, but want to do or think that you need to do for more abstract reasons. And that's what I'm thinking about, you know, trips I took because like, oh, I can make a cool connection. That'll that'll pay out or or that just sounds like a, a like, like the fun kind of thing I want to be doing as a vibrant, you know, 30 something right. or, or things like that. And I remember vividly making those decisions, but I couldn't tell you what I got out of those decisions now 20 years later. I, I remember a, a very vivid conversation that I have with, of all people, uh, Ray Maliazzi, one of the Car Talk guys. Oh. And uh, he and I were talking. He and I ended up, much to my amazement, having similar careers, public radio guys doing comedy shows in the weekend. And he was telling me, he said, you know, yeah, I got all these requests to go places and make speeches and do these appearances. But I always said no, because I wanted to be home with my kids who were, of course, by that time, all grown. And we had this conversation in Washington, D.C., where I had gone to do an event because I thought it was an important thing to do uh, and wasn't at home with my kids. And that moment of him telling me that he never traveled when his kids were little uh, because he wanted to be home with his kids and me standing there having traveled when my kids were little really stuck with me. Did I have to make that trip? Could I have made the same decision that Ray did at least a couple of times? I think so. And it's certainly something that I have in mind, even with the admission that my options are a lot easier at yeah. my age. Yeah. I think it does help us provide context on, try, context on trying to figure out that balancing point as we move now back to the phones. We have Jake in Royal Oak. That name sounds so familiar. Jake, go ahead. You are on Detroit Today. 
Hey, Nick and uh, Peter. It's so great to hear you on, on WDET. I've been a huge fan for a very long time. Uh, I'm a dad. Uh, I've got two Thank young you. kids. I'm not sure if, uh, if I qualify as a young or an old dad or somewhere in between now, but, uh, you know, one thing that has been really apparent to me as a father, um, it, especially as uh, the father of a, a kid with who's neurodivergent um, and having literally, as we speak, gone on a journey of uh, trying to hunt down medication uh, that's in short shortage uh, nationwide for my son, uh, going physically from place to place, trying to find anywhere that has it and, you know, all the worry and frustration that goes with that. Uh, you know, it, it feels every day like I'm becoming a more patient person and, and in, in a really profound way that you can feel. It's not just, um, you know, oh, yeah, two years ago, wow, I was a different person. It's like yesterday. I would not have been able to handle, handle the situation yesterday. Uh, and so it's, it's amazing to sort of feel yourself changing in such profound ways in real time and, and to be conscious of that. And I, I don't think I'll ever, hopefully, go back to uh, not being as patient as I am now, which, is, uh, which serves us in you know, all aspects of life, not just parenthood. Is yeah, that, I, I think that's great. And and it's wonderful that you're sort of learning as you're going, which is really the only option we have. One thing another learned at my age is really the only way you learn things is by doing them, sometimes poorly. I, I will say the, that to your credit, I think, learning is a choice. There are a lot of people who might have gone through the same experiences that you're doing with the challenges that your kids have and not learned those lessons and gotten increasingly impatient. I, I think that you know, that's, uh, there's so much we can't control. There's, and that's, again, one of the primary lessons I know now as a two-time parent. There's so many things you can't control. You can't control your children and their thoughts and their feelings. There are other people. You can't prevent problems or challenges like the ones you just described. The only thing you can choose is your reaction to them. Yeah. And, and the fact that you're making better choices day to day is the best you can do. And I commend you for it. That was Jake Near, Royal Oak, who uh, used to produce Detroit Today and was the co-host of Mishmash. Jake, love that you're still oh. listening. Thanks for calling in. And now as we continue the conversation, one of the things that you just mentioned, uh, actually, that I was thinking about is the human desire. We always think one of our great successes, right, is our ability to change the world around us, kind of like beavers, right? You know, if there's an obstacle, we're going to will our way through it. But what you're saying in the context of uh, what you're talking about here with us, uh, Peter, is that sometimes you got to let go. Some things you're not going to be able to control and change. Uh, how do you do that in the context or in your experience with kids when we think as people, we're human beings, we can accomplish anything, but still have to be humble enough to know, hey, sometimes we got to let go. How do you balance that? Well, I mean, uh, I, I, again, to throw in yet another cultural uh, reference, um, as Mike Tyson famously said, uh, you know, any plan goes out the window the moment you're punched in the face. <laughs> that's right. And, and, and that's something that, that uh, I think applies to parenting. Uh, one of the things, and, and I had this very vivid experience, and I bet a lot of people do, uh, is, is, is the first time around my wife and I were very conscious and when we wanted to have children, we, we planned it. And, and prior to that, as we were thinking about having a family, we had all these ideas about what kind of parent we were going to be. Well, we certainly weren't going to do this and we weren't going to do that. And God, we would look around at the parents we knew who had preceded us in parenthood and said, <laughs> we'll never be like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then you have children 
And all of a sudden you realize that what you had thought you were going to do is really difficult. And you find yourself doing things that uh, you never imagined. Um, and again, it, it, it just comes back to a certain humility, uh, a, a sense that you're not in control. Uh, you can't shape a child's experience. You can't protect them from everything. You can't prevent everything bad that will happening or arrange everything good that you want to happen. And, and your attitude has to be life will happen what can I do yeah. for my child as they experience life? And that is to, again, I return to the same things, be present and be kind and always let them know that whatever happens, you're on their side. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I think back to something our, our earlier caller said, Fred, about the advantage of having a parent who teaches you to be independent and teaches you to be tough and that life is not going to be the traditional or, um, you know, bowl of cherries. And that's great. And I think that's important. But I, I would bet you, if Fred were still on the line, that as much as those lessons he received from his tough Irish mother, I, uh, he always knew, always knew, without even having to think about it, that his mother loved him and supported him and was on his side uh, and would be there for him no matter what depredations in life happened. And I think that's really, again, in the face of the wild unknown facing us uh, when we wake up tomorrow, that's the best we can do. That's right. As you're listening again to Detroit Today, we have Peter Sagel, the host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, who recently wrote a piece for The Atlantic, What Older Dads Know, as we move now to Peter in Detroit. Peter, go ahead. You're on Detroit Today. Thank you. And uh, I got to tell Peter Sagel, I love Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Can't wait to watch well, thank you. To it every Saturday. I, was, I am 62 years old. I have a seven-year-old. and. Whoa. I, I, yeah, we, we adopted when I was 54. Uh, one of the things that I, I have is the, is the advantage of being older and uh, not so worried about what's going on in life. But also, I'm still, I'm, I feel like I'm behind the eight ball sometimes. I, I, you know, I couldn't get him to go to sleep at night. And yeah. I'm, my advice is take advice from wherever you can get it. Because I cornered a bunch of women at work in the kitchen and said, hey, look, how do you get these kids to go to sleep at night? This is killing me. I got to get some sleep. What uh, did they say? Well, they, they, they told me not to give him a nap, which was impossible because he couldn't not, not take a nap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. it, eventually it was just, you know what? Suck it up. And there's a lot of that, that you, that at this age, I find that I have to do. I, I have arthritis on both knees and my hip mm. and he wants to play. And, you know, when he was real little, was like, get on the floor and play with cars. Well, you do that. You, you can always take some a leave. Uh, he wants to go bike riding. Yeah, why not? That'll, that'll probably help your hip out anyway. Uh, the, and the, the, the short of it is, I don't, I am on short time. I don't have a lot of time. So I got to spend as much time with him as I can. He needs to get as much from me as I got from my dad. And I have... 20 yes left years to do it. So I got yeah. I got to cram this all in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right Peter. I mean, you, first of all, you, you, I I completely uh, endorse your advice which is suck it up. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh because I think there's a lot of expectation again there's a whole culture of like what excellent parenting is supposed to be like your child will go to bed and your child will do this and your child will eat healthy if only you do this no your child is going to do what your child is going to do and again to quote peter you have to suck it up but your your 
your perspective, that is particularly true of you and I, uh, older dads, who the future is limited. Uh, and we're far more aware of that, I am, than I was when I was in my 30s. And that also, in addition to the other issues we were talking about, Nick, about professional opportunities and, and, and stresses and priorities, that really affects my experience, uh, as I think it does with Peter, the knowledge that uh, I, if, if I keep running, which I intend to do and keep myself healthy, I will probably make it to my son's high school graduation. After that, yeah. it all becomes, you know, we're looking at actuarial tables. Right. And uh, that's something that really, in addition to everything else I've said, uh, obviously influences how I'm treating my child and how I'm choosing to spend my time. Right, right. Peter in Detroit, thanks again for the call. As what I learned from you is a little leave and a lot of will can go a long way in raising your kids. As we move to Jane in West Bloomfield. Jane, go ahead. You're on Detroit today. Hi, good morning. I also uh, listen to Peter every Saturday while I'm getting ready in the morning. Um, I have a little bit of a different perspective. I'm an older mom versus an older dad. I had my kids three days after I turned 40. I had twins. And um, I wanted to agree with the prior caller, Fred. Um, he had a lot of good advice. You know, you, you really you need to make sure that your kids know, you know, when they're allowed to do things and when they're not. I think way too many parents just take the easier route and just let their kids do whatever they want. And if you're a little bit firmer with your kids, I think it instills a sense of confidence in them and independence, and then they end up growing up to be better adults. I also think that getting advice from anyone you can is also really, really important. And I did read a lot of those books and, you know, you got to take everything with a grain of salt, but um, I, I forget there was one book about, you know, like, like very strict ideas. And you take what you can out of each thing. And I think it, it helps a lot. Yeah, learn from a lot yeah. of different places. Go ahead, Peter. Yeah, I mean, one thing about parenting is it's been done before. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I can say this to, of course, DET listeners, because we know what kind of people DET listeners are. And, and I think I can say this with some confidence. It's been done by people less intelligent and sophisticated than all of you successfully. So you can handle it. Um, but there's also, as, as, as our caller says, a, a lot of wisdom out there. Uh, I have suspicions about the people who are trying to sell you things, mm -hmm. but I have great faith in the people who've done it before, including members of your own family or just people around you who you say, wow, yeah, that seems that that person seems to got it going on. And I, I do think that relying on others is, is, is a very, very wise thing to do. Appreciate that, Jane and West Bloomfield, with that advice as we continue our conversation with Peter Sagal. You can give us a call as well, 313-577-1019, and we can work you into the conversation. Peter, one thing I did want to ask you about is having uh, your experience now that you're raising uh, children now in a new decade than uh, the first yes. go around when you had it is there's probably got to be some differences. Now, you might not be experiencing specifically with social media yet, given the young age of your kids. But I do think to how changes in the, just the way we go about life, changes in the world around us can probably also have a profound effect on parenting. My parents wondering, oh, man, how do you you get too much TV now and too many video games, kids, yet we make it. And now I look at some of the challenges that uh, others could face and wonder how they could make it. Do you have any perspective considering you've gone through it in a, a past decade yeah, and now you're going through it now? What have you learned from that? I, I, it's it's difficult, as you say. I mean, my children, my older children grew up in a world that would have been incomprehensible to me. Um, and sometimes I said to myself as I was 
as I was watching them, I was like, if I had some of the things that they have right now in terms of technology or amusements, I don't know if I'd ever would have like survived. For example, um, like video games are so great now. I've referenced that. I don't think right. if, if I had if I had video games like I have now when I was 13, I never would have left the house. They're so cool. And yet at the same time, I saw my my children, my older children, experience more or less the same thing that I did, only they 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 did it in different ways, right? I mean, it, it, they made friends or or, or or sought out community using their phones. I did it in real life. Um, and they experienced many of this, you know, the same frustrations and, and, and anxieties and difficulties they did. They just did it in a different technological arrangement. And it's also true that, again, you know, nothing ever changes. When I was growing up, um, you know, my parents were like, these kids never get inside. They watch, they watch, there's too much on TV with those three channels they could watch at any time. You know? <laughs> right. And, and I think to a certain extent, without without diminishing the, the, the true problems that have arisen, the bullying that we read about, um, the screen addiction that I know some friends of mine have dealt with with their kids. I do think that the world is the world uh, as much as the technology changes and that the challenges both for children growing up and, you know, that drama and for parents helping them do it remain more or less the same. And when it comes to the specific issues that you're talking about, social media, bullying and addiction and all those other things we're talking about, I got no idea. Yeah. And, and I really, I do really want to stress, particularly as, as we get to the end here, that I, I am not putting myself forward by any means as an expert in any of this. Um, and in fact, if there's one thing that I do carry with me from my prior experience is that I don't know anything. And that sense of like allowing myself to say, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't know what I was doing the first time, but I thought I needed to pretend that I did. Yeah. And I find admitting to a certain sense uh, that I'm just I'm just making it up as I go along like everybody else is is quite freeing. Peter, I appreciate that uh, humility and that understanding because it definitely provides some truth to what you're saying. Although the trial lawyer in me and my background says it's just like an expert witness undercutting all of the testimony I heard from the previous hour. Yeah. <laughs> Say, but, what do I know? You know. But we'll I, go with it. I, we'll I just put some letters after my name on the sign outside my office and they called me to come in. Anyway, what do you guys want to talk? Yeah, it's a little bit like that. But it is but, you true. Know, yeah, exactly. Go ahead. I, and I, I do think I do think, though, that anybody outside of it, and this is different from the courtroom, is anybody claiming to be an expert. Yeah. Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> right. I have the exact same feelings. You know, we got time for one more. Victor, I got 30 seconds for you. Go ahead. You're on Detroit today. How you doing? Go ahead. You got 30 seconds. Uh, my parents were older when I was born. My mother was 37. My father's 45. I wouldn't trade it for anything because yeah. they had so much life experience under their belt that they was able to put in me. And that was back in 1965. Oh, yeah. Victor. Harper Woods, I really appreciate the point. you coming in here at the end on Detroit today. I'm going to leave you with the last word, Peter Sagal, because I've learned a lot of advice. I thought as someone who didn't have kids, I was the expert and could tell other people what to do with their kids. You're proving that you had a little bit better advice than me. What's the final word you want to give to people? The, the, here? the final, I think the final word, if, if, I, if, I, if I would say anything, it's, it's forgive everybody. Yeah. Forgive yourself. Forgive your parents. Forgive your kids forgive your partner for anything and anything that uh, that you might have done or they might have done, as hard as that seems, um, because to carry around anger at yourself, anger at other people, resentment, 
is, I think, an impediment to doing all the things that you actually want to do. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. And that's a, that's a bit of a struggle, as we've talked about. Yeah. As I look back on my, on my uh, prior experience, we're all deeply imperfect. And if we admit that and try to get along anyway, I think we'll all ultimately do a better job. Peter Sagal, host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, author of the recent piece in The Atlantic about what older dads know. Thanks so much for joining us. You got to come back on Detroit Today soon. Oh, uh, is there any better place than the Fox Theater in downtown Detroit? I don't think so. We'll come back as soon as we possibly can. I love it. That's going to do it for us here on Detroit Today. Tune in tomorrow when we talk about the third reconstruction here on 1019 WDET-FM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll see you tomorrow.